0: Hi, welcome to Talking Academia. Today I'm talking to Andrea. Uh, Me and Andrea did the same undergraduate at King's College London. We both studied linguistics and now we're both at Cambridge. So while I'm still studying linguistics, Andrea is doing something completely different. So, hi Andrea.
1: Hi Ola.
0: Thank you for coming.
1: So what is it that you do in Cambridge? So I'm doing a postgraduate certificate in education and I'm doing the general primary teaching route. So I'm training to be a primary school teacher. Um, Basically, it's just a one-year course. It goes by really quickly and it's very intense because it's just one year. Um, It's a mix of professional placements. So we have three main school placements and then we also attend lectures and seminars um, back in the faculty. So after one year,
0: you will be certified to teach in primary school.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, after this one year, I would get like qualified teacher status, but then I still have to undergo one year of um, where I'll be a newly qualified teacher and I'll have a mentor who would still have to like observe my lessons and see how I'm doing. So it's kind of like a two year process, but um, the actual placement and attending lectures is just one year. That's yeah.
0: exciting, so what uh, what made you change from linguistics to primary school teaching?
1: Well, I've known for quite a while that I've always wanted to be a primary school teacher. I think since I was sixteen years old around there because I used to go on annual um, mission trips to Cambodia where I visit um, a primary school. Um, and I think I've been there for about five years. Um, I went there five years in a row and we used to teach them different subjects like English, maths, and science and I, really, I just really enjoyed interacting with the children and teaching them different subjects. Even though there was like a language barrier, they were still so enthusiastic about learning. So that was really my first experience of teaching. And then also to explore my interests further, before my undergraduate studies, I worked for six months as a teaching assistant. Um, in an international school in Singapore where I'm from and that gave me more experience of being in a primary school and what it's like to work there and so that really confirmed my passion for teaching. So
0: you knew already before coming to study like linguistics at King's that you actually want to do primary school teaching?
1: Yeah pretty much I mean I think I did consider at one point starting with a, a BA in education but I thought that would be maybe too narrow so I thought I'd do something else that I could then apply to teaching, so I'm really glad I chose linguistics. I mean, how I stumbled upon it is that I did English language and literature um, for my A-level equivalent, and I really enjoyed the linguistics part of it, so that's how I kind of decided to study linguistics.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, do you feel that background in linguistics is helping you at the moment with your primary school teaching?
1: Yeah, I do, like certain parts, especially the more, maybe the more technical aspects like grammar, because there's a lot of grammar in the national curriculum here in the UK. Um, it does help to know what clauses and sentences and um, um, adverbs and adjectives are, because we do have to teach these things to children, so in that um, aspect it's quite helpful. Also I did my dissertation um, in a primary school, I did some research there so that really helped me gain more experience of being in a primary school and just thinking about how it's linking to teaching. Uh,
0: So what was your undergrad dissertation about, what did you study in this primary school?
1: So I looked at the home and school literacy practices of Year 5 children in a a particular school in London, Um, basically I was inspired by the research of Shirley Bryce Heath who studied how children, um, how their lives, what they did in their own home communities and at home um, differed from what they were learning in school and how these two contexts were very different and they were kind of disconnected. So I was interested in seeing the kind of literacy that children were exposed to at home, for example, what books they read, if they're religious, what kind of prayers they do, um, what video games they play, because nowadays almost all children are playing lots of computer games, and how that... Um, contrasts with what they learned in school, especially during their literacy lessons. So what I found that, um, is that in school, it's more focused on grammar, it's more focused on very technical parts of English, I would say, and especially since it was year five, they were sort of preparing for their sets, which is like a major exam and then at home they would do more video games and they had their own interests which weren't they didn't really have the opportunity to explore those interests in school so um yeah even the teacher said like she would love to incorporate some lessons on maybe how to um, communicate online um sending emails writing blogs even writing a cv but there weren't really opportunities for that i guess so there was a bit of a disconnect between um, the home and school literacy practices of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Just to uh, clarify, because I'm not from UK system, uh, what age is year five?
1: <laughs> oh, sorry, year five. That would be nine to ten years okay, old. Okay. So, because I'm a training training to be a primary school teacher, so that's five to eleven years old. Five to six is year one, and then ten to eleven is year six.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, and. When you teach at primary school, are you exposed to similar uh, problems or issues here? You mean Like literacy-wise, is there a similar disconnect between home and, and, or, or children's own interest and the curriculum interest?
1: I would think so. Actually, it's quite interesting because we've had some opportunities to really explore more of what children are exposed to at home and the kind of things that they're exposed to in school, for example... I just had a really really short one week placement, and during that placement, we were supposed to do a pen portrait of one student. So that means we had to look at their attitudes towards learning in school, um, what they enjoy doing at home in school, and also talk to the parents and talk to the teacher and get this whole um, uh, the view of the child from different perspectives. And so I learned that this child really enjoyed playing um, a certain game called Fortnite on his Nintendo Switch, um, but. There weren't really any opportunities for um, the teacher or the class to explore Um, their kind of interest on these kinds of technological devices in school. I mean, I guess it's kind of understandable because why would you learn about video games in school? But I guess one way you could make it more connected is to introduce more technology. Um, the use of more technology during different lessons, which some schools are starting to do.
0: Do you know if uh, playing video games is actually boosting children's literacy skills or does it have a negative impact?
1: I don't think it has any impact on um, their literacy skills. I haven't really looked into this um, Mm -hmm. particular topic. But I don't really think it has much impact on it. Okay. Um, I don't think it makes them more violent either. Mm-hmm. But I guess it can equip them with different skills. Not not only in literacy, but maybe in maths. I guess it depends on what kind of video games they're playing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're teaching in primary school, do you teach um, just uh, then more linguistically things, or do you teach everything like?
1: I teach everything. So um, when you train to be a primary school teacher, you can't specialise in a subject, so that's why it's called General Primary. So we teach everything across all the subjects, English, Maths, Science, History, Geography, um, Art, Religious Education, PSHE, which stands for Personal, Social and Health Education, PE, music, there's just across the whole board, there's just so many subjects you get to teach and that's kind of what I really like about being a primary school teacher. You get to learn so much, I'm learning so much along the way.
0: It seems intense, like you have to cover such a broad variety of of topics.
1: Yeah, it is really broad and the thing is that I, I always had this conception that as teachers I have to know everything, I have to know everything, I have to be an expert in all of these different subjects, but that's that's not really realistic. Um, So actually my second placement, the whole time I was there, their topic was on um, the Vikings and Anglo-Saxons. I found that really challenging because I've never learned anything about Vikings or Anglo-Saxons. I never learned about that in primary school. I had no clue, whatever, so I had to learn from scratch and I was learning a lot from the children as well. So it can be a a challenge to um, just learn these things but I mean, just along the
0: way, you pick it up. Yeah, that's also what I wanted to ask, like, because I was I've been interested in, in uh, teaching and primary school teaching myself. And I've I've read some of the teachers blogs and they often say that I thought I'm going to teach the children, but the children have taught me so much. Like, have you had similar feelings or do, do you have anything that you feel like, wow, I really learned from the children?
1: I think definitely one of the reasons why I love primary school teaching is because children can see things from different perspectives. They have such interesting ideas that adults won't normally have. So it's, I've always found it really interesting to ask for their opinions and views on something. And that's something I really want to focus on um, in my teaching career, um, especially since we actually had an assignment, one of our main assignments um, was to do research on Researching pupils' perspectives, and so we could choose any topic of our interest and um, ask children what they thought about a certain thing. So, for example, what I did in my research is I was interested in classroom displays, um, and what they thought of what was on their walls. You know, they some classrooms are just so colorful. They have so many things all over the walls about the work that they've done, just to remind them. And then they've got posters and just so many things and it's just so different from my primary school experience and so I was interested in knowing what they thought about it, whether they thought it would um, affect their learning and how they use it in their learning. So yeah, I think children do offer so much that they can teach us and I really enjoy hearing their perspective.
0: What was their general view on the classroom, like displacement?
1: Okay, so I found out that they. Really appreciated having all of their work um on display, um, and they did use it in their learning. I think a big part of it was because the teacher constantly um sort of modeled how to use um, things on the working wall on the English and Maths working wall to help them in their learning, and it helped them to be more independent and be more autonomous. So instead of maybe asking for help, they knew where to look if they needed some guidance. They would look up at the times table poster or something and then they would be able to figure something out. They would be able to reflect on what they've learned in previous lessons and then apply that to their own learning. So I thought, yeah, I I found out that they do, it, it is actually quite helpful, but it depends on the context because I've been in classrooms where teachers just leave it up there, they don't really talk about it, and eventually it just becomes wallpaper. So it's really up to the teacher to make it an active learning process for the children.
0: Everything you're saying seems like, it, it sounds very relatable, I really, yeah, I can put it all into my primary school sort of experience context and I've had similar feelings I think that your, your students have, uh, have sort of expressed, that's, that's cool. Um, so you've talked about school placement and you've talked about your own research. Um, what is the general structure of this, uh, of this course that you're doing here?
1: Okay, so um, in Cambridge, um, it's different from maybe other universities um, that do this program, but basically we have three main placements. So my 1A placement um, was four weeks long, my part 1B placement was eight weeks long, and now I'm on my part 2 placement, which is also around eight weeks long. But other than those, we also have um, visits, day visits to other schools just to see what they're like to experience education in different contexts. We have visited quite a number of different schools. And then what's also interesting is that we have um, one week of a specialist placement. So I was in a special school for one week, which is really interesting just to get a different perspective. Um, Then we had an enrichment placement, which is um, going to a school that specialises in something. So for example, I went to a school that had a very creative topic-led curriculum. And then, what's even more exciting is that they have opportunities for us to apply for a museum placement if we wanted to, which I will be doing um, this later this month actually. And I will be spending half of that week um, in the Fitzwilliam Museum here, and half of that week um, in the National Gallery in London. And part of that, um, as part of that, I would be able to bring my class on this placement now on a trip to the Fitzwilliam Museum and. show them around and apply what i've learned from that placement and then also the other thing i'm looking forward to is we have um, an alternative uh, sorry alternative setting placement um, in our last week of the course and it's really for us to get to experience education in a different setting so for example i'm going to a nature reserve to see how they teach children how they educate children about the environment so that's really exciting. So that's one part of the course. The other part of the course um, is the more academic side. We attend lectures and seminars on so many different subjects and topics, not just the subjects we'll teach. So we do have some input on um, giving ideas to teach English or Maths or Science all the different subjects. But we also have um, different lectures and seminars about behaviour management, which is really important, um, about safeguarding, child protection about assessment, assessment for learning, just across the board, so many different things. So I really enjoy how um, it's a mix between, it's a good balance between being in school and being to experience all of these things and being able to um, be immersed in research and finding out how to sort of apply that knowledge of what we've learned in a more practical situation.
0: Sounds so exciting. I feel like like I want to go back to primary school
1: now. (laughs) Seems so interesting,
0: like all this nature and museums and so much practical stuff. Uh, So what does a general school placement uh, look like for you? What does it mean?
1: Okay, so basically it's almost as if we're working, but we don't get paid. So, it depends on the school. So, on my current school placement, I have to be there at 8am. Then in the morning, we prepare the classroom, prepare whatever needs to be done. The children come in at around 8.45. Then the school day ends at 3. And then we sometimes um, um, have to stay back for a little bit to do some marking or just prepare for the next day. And then I leave at 4-something or 5-something. But during the day, um, it depends what we're doing at the start of the course because we're still getting used to teaching. it was more like observing, um, getting used to the school routines and what it's like to be in the classroom. Um, But then as the course went along, we have to do more and more teaching. So by the time, um, in the last few weeks of this placement, I'd be doing 80% of the teaching, which is the same amount as what I'd be doing next year as a newly qualified teacher so um, yeah it's a lot of observing a lot of working with individual children and small groups and a lot of whole class teaching and if we want to we could also participate in extracurricular activities um, or we can set it up if the school doesn't have something that we're interested in we also attend staff meetings so we just really we just really become a part of the school and just Suck yourself in into everything.
0: So wow, so you're like, like real like teachers. Pretty
1: much, yeah.
0: That's, that's exciting. So, uh, and and you teach everything during the school placement, or or are you focused on like one topic more, or or like one subject, or because you you mentioned all these different disciplines that you're teaching. Does this happen on every placement?
1: We teach almost everything. So we must teach English and maths because those are the two. Um, subjects that are part of the core curriculum we also have to teach other foundation subjects so one of my favorite subjects is personal social and health education PSHE because it's really a chance for me to get to know um, get to talk about things with students such as um, friendship or um, life skills like how to manage your money or just team building so just um, yeah I really enjoy that subject Um, I've also taught quite a bit of um, I say art and geography and history. I haven't taught any like modern foreign languages probably because I don't feel confident teaching like French or Spanish and also a lot of the time um, schools have their own specialist teachers who come in to teach those subjects. Um, yeah so just try to teach as many things as I can and expose myself to as many subjects as I can while I'm training. Yeah.
0: And how long is one placement again?
1: So, it, um, so the first placement was four weeks mm-hmm second one was 8 weeks, third one is also kind of like 8 weeks. Yeah, so in total I would have spent um, 120 days in school.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite a long time, I'm yeah. just thinking um, how easy is it for you to leave after these 4 or 8 weeks?
1: It's hard like you get kind of emotional at the end of the placement because you've built a rela- you've built a relationship with the children you've got to know them so well you got to work for mentor and the teachers so well and after getting used to being in the same school environment and having to leave it's quite difficult so you do get a bit emotional at the end of it, but I mean it's all part of the process, and I do look forward to whatever is coming next
0: yeah that's... Can can imagine uh, that I think that's a good way to to think about it. Yeah. Let it go of like yeah. having done some teaching myself. I feel like letting go or like moving on is is hard. It's yeah. not like quitting a job or something. It's yeah. like you get so attached to the to the children. But from the academic side, do you also have to do like your final thesis or something like this?
1: Uh, So we don't really call it a final thesis, it's kind of what I mentioned just now about researching Mm -hmm. people's perspectives, so that was just a 6,000 word um, assignment that we had to do. Um, So that's one of three um, essays that we had to do, that's one of them. The one before that was um, a curriculum assignment where we could choose between focusing on English, maths or science, and the focus was on formative assessment. So I did mine on science formative assessment. Um, which is basically um, making activities or making a discussion activity for children to elicit their ideas about a certain topic in science and I found this really interesting because I did this in my very first placement where I was in a year one and two class so the children there were five to seven years old very very young and I I just wasn't used to them learning science, the idea of them learning science because back home in Singapore I only started learning science when I was like nine years old and above and so science at the level of year one and two is quite basic I just wanted to get to know um, what they knew or what they thought they knew about living and non-living things which is really interesting their own ideas about what's living and what's non-living so for example I Showed them a picture of a car, a cat, a tree, a robot, and it's really interesting. They thought that a car was a living thing because they thought that the headlights were the eyes, and that the exhaust, the fumes at the back, was the was the car breathing, breathing basically. Um, so it's just really interesting to hear their how they rationale, how they <laughs> their reasons behind different things, and then um, someone thought that the apple tree was. Um, living but because it had babies which were the apples which is very cute <laughs> yeah. yeah so they have lots of really interesting ideas um yeah it, it yeah. seems
0: reasonable yeah a car also moves and like it seems <laughs> yeah, exactly. actually yeah, yeah. there is logic behind it yeah. that's uh, very sounds like very interesting uh, interesting project mm-hmm. um so you've mentioned singapore a couple of times uh how would you compare your own uh, primary school experience in Singapore and what you're being taught here.
1: It's so so different. Um, I guess here the main the main difference is that here it's focused a lot more on the breadth of subjects and the breadth of things that you know. But back home, it's more focused on English, maths, science, um, and like mother tongue for which for me was Chinese. <coughs> um, we didn't learn any history or geography, or in my school we didn't have religious education. Um, yeah, and also back home, it's a lot more focused on exams. Um, lots of exams, um, especially in um, year six, and our final year, we would have something like the SATs, but it's a lot more intense. There's a lot more stress placed on um, students back home. Um, also quite common for children um, back home and for me like when I was in primary school to have tuition like after school classes just so we get lots more practice in like different subjects. That's not really something they have here. I feel like maybe some students have it here but it's not a big part of their life. Um and just everything is so different, including like um school uniform and the discipline, the amount of discipline. Um in this school that I'm in now for my school placement, they're so they're quite relaxed about the uniform like some children don't even come to school in uniform and that's fine for the school or they come to school wearing a school jumper and like jeans or something and that's something that would not be acceptable back home so back home it's very strict and proper here there's a bit more leeway I guess
0: Yeah, that's very interesting to hear. I've never had any kind of school uniform, and like uh, jeans are completely (laughs) normal. Like, (laughs) it's that's, that's interesting. Do you think it's uh, it's also the like time difference if you think about your primary school experience that's now like 15, 20 years, 15 more like years ago? Like, do you think it's also changing towards what you're studying here in Singapore, or is it do you think these differences like still exist?
1: I think there are still some of these differences, I mean I can't really say for sure because I haven't been in a primary school classroom in a local school in Singapore since I was in primary school, so I don't know if things have changed, but I hope they have changed a little bit, I hope they're moving forward a little bit. Um, from my experience in primary school was very traditional, it's more teacher-led, so they would teach everything, um, not many opportunities for children to share their own ideas or to have a say in what they wanted to do or learn. Um, Over here, it's a lot more focused on being more child-led, um, more dialogic teaching. So that means um, having a discussion amongst pupils and the teacher and just bouncing off each other's ideas. So I'm not sure how things have changed back home, but I would be interested to see um, how different it is um, as compared to when I was in primary school. Mm-hmm.
0: What advice would you give to someone who is uh, teaching in a more conservative uh, primary school at the moment?
1: I think the advice I would give to them is to let the children um, express their views more. I think that's really important. And Instead of it's always being teacher-led, instead of them telling the children what to do, it's really important for the children to kind of learn things on their own through self-discovery and through exploring different ideas. Um, instead of having everything maybe given to them or having it so teacher focused, so maybe also making it more creative. I think it's really helpful when children learn through experience. I think that's one of the most beneficial and effective ways of them to learn. So, for example, if they're learning about, um, let's say, okay, this is quite extreme, but I visited school here in the UK and they're learning something about the war, and so actually everyone, the whole school, was role-playing. They came dressed as if they were back in the war, um the teachers prepared this whole underground bunker and they decorated it with lots of war stuff and artifacts and the children had to experience what it was like being in the war and it was a really real experience for them i mean some of them were like got got emotional and i think they learn best when they um, experience all of these emotions and they could like maybe write about it because they remembered this learning experience it became so memorable for them. So I would say maybe just find ways to be more creative, to engage the children's interest. That's very important I think. Yeah.
0: Great advice, thank you for that. What's next for you? This course is about to end uh, in a few months. What are you planning to do next?
1: So I am looking for a job. I've been for a few interviews but um, haven't quite been successful yet so I'm still kind of looking for a job hopefully in the UK um, maybe in the Cambridge area but I'm quite open to wherever. I plan on working here for maybe three years and then I also plan on doing a master's in education which is kind of linked to my PGCE because actually a PGCE is um, pretty much half of a master's. So we could finish it off by doing a master's in education. I would probably do that in researching practice. So that would be one year part-time, which means that I would have to teach um, as per normal and study at the same time, um, do my own research. Um, I would do that, not straight away, but maybe my second year of teaching. Then after that, hopefully I'll go home back to Singapore and teach in international school.
0: Cool. So you have it all figured out. <laughs> I hope I
1: hope it all works out. Yeah.
0: Cool. Good luck with that. Thank you. And thank you very much for talking to me today. It was yeah. very very inspiring. Thank you for watching. That was Andrea. It's Talking Academia. Like, share, subscribe. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. And yay!